there are different ways of knowing you're a people pleaser that might not be the typical things that you think but it's like saying yes to doing something and then actually dreading it for the rest of the week or being in a bad mood because you know you've got to do it maybe you wouldn't associate that with people pleasing but that is a form of people pleasing Hello everyone, welcome to the Code Rate Podcast. Stay hungry. Tonight we got another banger for you. Effortless Productivity Revisited. How to get more shit done in less time. Let's go. How are you, Marth? Hello, I'm good. How are you? I've got the brains of the outfit with us today then. So we're gonna t- so when I went up to South Shields to sit down with Paul Mort, we talked about how to be more productive. So I thought that was a while ago now, and I thought we'd really drill the, down into some techniques that we've seen work in terms of basically, yeah, getting more shit done in less time. Um, you're the productivity queen. Can I say that? Or was that sexist? No, please. Yeah, okay. I do identify as a queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I would say this, the whole thing boils down to one quote, which is where your attention goes, your energy flows. So if you give your attention to the wrong people, the wrong tasks, that's probably where you're going to be a bit stressed and unproductive and I'd say 90% of the improvements in my productivity have been down to knowing that so there we go podcast over I suppose (laughs) so I mean um the wrong tasks oh what wrong tasks that you've you've realized that you've been giving your attention to in the past you think right I can't do that shit anymore they either have to get delegated outsourced binned whatever any examples well I know my that this is one of my biggest downfalls is going down rabbit holes i want to know everything about everything and i just can't it means i can't focus on the things that i need to and clients need me to and code break need me to but i really have to take myself out and be like no this is a rabbit hole somebody else i mean there was an example once where i was going on a google ads rabbit hole for like half a day and then you said have you asked potty and he figured it out in less than an hour is that where Joel made you, made you take that half day's holiday? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so how do you how do you what are the warning signs when you think you might be going down a rabbit hole and ultimately not focusing on what you need to be focusing on? I say if I'm stuck on a, a, the same step for longer than fifteen minutes, it's hard though, isn't it? Passing responsibility to someone else because no one can do it as good as I can. Oh, it's easier if I do it, and all those all those kind of excuses come up. Um, Obviously, you've got Abby working for you now, so it's giving her stuff done. It, it, it is tough. It is because you always want to... I'll just do it myself this time because it it be quicker and I need it done quickly. Whereas after chatting with you, I actually need to give Abby the time she deserves and help her learn. Otherwise, I'll always be doing it. Short-term pain. It's like, well, what more we're saying about the, the six words that will kill any business are, we've always done it this way. And I think us as individuals can be guilty of that as well. That just because I've done a certain task a certain way for a long time doesn't mean that should be the same forever. At some point, you might have to hand the reins over to someone else because you're growing on your own journey. You need to focus on bigger, more important stuff. And if you're there doing something that a VA in the Philippines can do for five quid an hour and probably to a better standard than you, just got to let go of that shit. Um, and I think I think there's some business owners out there, even now, who would still look at it as a cost. Oh, well, yes, but... If, if I don't pay that VA £5 an hour, that means it's £5 extra for the business. It's like, well, no, but you're looking at it as a cost, not as investment. You pay someone £5 so you can focus on the, the £100 an hour tasks. That's how it works. 
But and, and like maybe it'd be worth breaking down for the, the listeners that what a hundred hundred dollar hundred pound task is. Okay. I haven't heard what that is before. Oh, right. Okay. So, I mean, that's old school now. Some people are talking about, you know, you're so important as a business owner now, it's a thousand pounds an hour kind of task and a million pounds an hour and all that kind of shit. But there is, if you're, unless you're an accountant, I'd say if you're fucking around a lot of the day in spreadsheets, as a business owner, there's probably someone else who should be doing that. So there are people out there who can do that for five pounds an hour abroad for £10 an hour, whatever the minimum wage is um, in the UK. But there might be staff who could do that better. So you can focus on the marketing of your business, the growth of your business, whether that means running ads, your social media, going out networking, going to conferences, whatever that might be, to keep the inquiries coming in, to grow your database and to focus on those kind of big jobs that will protect your business. Whereas almost to use the loose label of admin, if you find yourself doing admin, it probably isn't the best thing. And if you really enjoy doing admin, maybe it's just better off going and getting an admin job. Because, you know, we've seen some business owners who do realise that actually I was a baker. I thought I wanted to own a bakery business, but no, I just enjoyed baking the bread too much. So I might as well go back to baking for someone else and save myself all the ball egg. Yeah. And and um, one point actually I wanted to go back to was you could find a VA to do it or in the landscape at the moment, find AI to do it. Find a tool to do it for you that... Um, it is consistently there and improving and doesn't take holidays. <laughs> Don't, AI won't dare to take a holiday. Do you love AI holiday. then? Yeah. Um, I think particularly this year, it's just gone crazy. So where will... I know it's always a case of you've got to put in the correct prompts to get the quality out the other end. And that's a mistake a lot of people are making. They're just putting shit in, getting shit out. Obviously, you know how to use AI properly. So, So where examples... Um, that you think people owning a business could use AI in terms of making their marketing more effective and getting it done quicker? I mean, the the one that immediately springs to mind is copywriting. Okay. Um, it's, it is a skill and it can. You can sit for hours going down a rabbit hole, writing a blog, tweaking it here. It'll never be 100% the way you want it mm-hmm. to be. Um, social media posts, we see a lot of our clients have, they spend a lot of time or no time because it's they've spent too much time in the past writing a social media post every day. They don't see the return on it. And you can get, like, with the right prompts, you can load up AI and ask it, give me another post today about this. Or this is my favourite post I've ever written. Give me three more like it. And nice. then you get another AI to schedule it for you. And happy days. Nice, nice. I was, you know, went to, drove up to Wigan to meet a client yesterday and I was telling him about um, this AI that listens to your sales calls. Um, and so this guy's got a sales team. And so a salesperson would be having a call, and at the end of it, AI would email the boss a summary of the call, what the salesperson did well, what they didn't do so well, and it rates them out of 10. And it's like, fuck, and he was just like, oh, that sounds amazing. I imagine salespeople wouldn't like it too much, but it is a case of like, shit, that's... That's where we're going, where, you know, even for our discovery calls that we could have something like, right, okay, where have I gone? Uh, what have I done well? What could I improve the next time? And yeah, it's it's brilliant. But again, you know, to stress, it is a tool. Um, you've mentioned automation, social media scheduling, what, Calendly. Obviously, you're, you're a big, I know that's not really AI. I'm sure they'll have some AI integration soon, but you use that a lot, don't you? Yeah, yeah, because it just means that I can, uh, clients, 
potential clients can just book into my diary at a time that suits them and we're not ringing leaving a message then they leave a message for me oh, yeah oh <laughs> even the email tennis is it's rather yeah. just just booking and let's get it sorted in five minutes rather than 10 emails where i don't know what you want and you don't know what i want and then i take your tone wrong and you take my tone wrong oh, god yeah <laughs> yeah I, I mean i know i'm not the world's most patient person but that the hours and the will to live that can be lost to telephone tennis, to email tennis, to all that kind of, and like say, right, well, I'm going to just fire this email off now and it's rushed. And like you say, the customer misreads it or misinterprets it. Um, I think what I definitely, what we've seen in terms of positioning. So as a business owner to be, to be perceived as be, to be an authority in your field, something simple like Cali can really help to restrict that access to you because you're certainly not going to be productive if you're at everyone's beck and call. So everyone wants a discovery call with you. Everyone wants a free meeting with you. I mean, fucking hell, if I think about the times back in the day, I'd drop everything as soon as a, a potential new client said, hey, Andy, you know, I might want to work my marketing. Can you come and see me? And I'd drive fucking 50 miles. I'd pay for parking. I'd drive all the way back. I'd send a proposal out and get ghosted. And all that time, obviously, is going to seriously hamper your productivity. Whereas now... You want to see me? Okay, well, here's some questions you need to answer on Calendly. Here's a link to my diary, but you need to answer these questions first. You get through those questions, then, yeah, you can book in 15 or 30 minutes with me. And that's just, it sounds simple, but that restricting level of access to people as a business owner is, is massive. And But obviously, you're using that as well. It's every, I think everyone's using it now, aren't they? Because people can't just click their fingers and get hold of you. You've got big shit to do. And it's not even just, well, obviously my productivity is a huge thing, but also like taking me away from stuff that I'm doing for somebody else is not fair on our other clients either. And when I'm, when I, if I'm speaking to you and you've booked in a calendar, you've got my attention, which you also, I hate the word deserve, but you know, do deserve my full attention. But but that's, that's a massive point. That's a massive point. I wonder if like, I wonder how many people are out there doing important work for clients that they're getting paid paid to do, but they're not giving that piece of work their full attention because they're 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 letting their phone ring, they're checking messages, they're a slave to other people, other people want something because the door's not closed, whatever it might be. All those little interruptions are surely going to impact on the quality of the work. Well, there is a stat on that that it takes like twenty five minutes to get back into something once you've been back in the zone back in the zone oh i love a good stat um so if restricting that is nice that's a nice coffee so there we go there's another productivity hat buy a coffee machine rather than stood by the kettle waiting for it to boil that is bloody lovely that is yeah so i mean yeah so um it does require some training on both our part and the customer's part maybe the prospect's part to say hey no i know you want to speak to martha you can't just click your fingers. Here's a link to her diary and you can book in a mutually convenient time. Well, I want to speak to her now. We know that that does happen, but that's just... And it's just hard it when goes. you're a people pleaser because you want to give people what they want, but... Come on, how hard is it saying no then? It is hard saying no. We've been working on this, haven't we? Mm. Um, because, uh, slightly off tangent, but there are different ways of knowing you're a people pleaser that might not be the typical things that you think but it's like saying yes to doing something and then actually dreading it for the rest of the week or being in a bad mood because you know you've got to do it maybe you wouldn't associate that with people pleasing but that is a form mm. of people pleasing and you've got to say no and it is hard it is hard i had it this week 
had to say no, but it was mutually beneficial. But it's hard because I want to be a yes man or a yes woman. I think, yeah, if you say yes to everyone and everything, surely you're not going to be fulfilling your potential. Loads of other people will be happy and everyone will love you. But in terms of you putting yourself, your your livelihood, your career, your family first, it, it ain't going to happen, is it? It's mad. And I think... You know, there's these things that go around, these memes and stuff about like regrets that someone has on their deathbed. And it's it always seems to be about time. I wish I'd spent more time with someone or I wish I'd spent more time doing that. No one ever said, oh, I wish I'd spent more time working harder or whatever. And, you know, and I, I had this with them. Um, I mentioned this on a training I did for a group this morning that it took my eight year old. Well, she's 13 now. Took my, she was eight at the time to teach me a, a hugely valuable lesson about about time and, and, and productivity is that I was saying to her, to Holly, that, oh, come on, you know, I, I spend lots of time with you. And I thought I did, you know, doing a good job as a dad. And she said, yeah, but it's not just for you. It's always you and your phone. And that was fucking, that was hard for an eight-year-old to tell me that. And that's where me and Joel started, not not just relabeling, but stopping looking at things as being a work-life balance and rather a work-life harmony, as in, I'd rather spend an hour with Holly where it's just me and her rather than three hours with her but also my phone and I've got the phone ringing I've got the phone beeping checking messages all that kind of shit it's about being present which is like what you said about working on a you know working on an important piece of work for a client you need to be present doing that not 50% there 50% oh I wonder what that email notification is about um, and, and that in the end the day clients are, are paying us to give them that focus so so let's talk about um big thing uh, with Paul on that previous podcast about productivity was about journaling or, or at least using some kind of diary, notebook, writing things down, your wins, your non-negotiables. You know, what, what are some of the, the non-negotiables in your life that you know if you do, you'll have a better day than if you wouldn't have done them? Um, exercise is a huge one for me and not necessarily always going to the gym every day because it's not realistic. Which gym are you doing now? Are you, which gym are you doing? Are you moved? I've just joined a new one. Yeah. Oh, what's it like? Um, it's convenient. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. That's not, that's not a good sell then. Right. It's just hand nearest to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Scummy showers. 24 hours though. Oh, but would you go in late would, at night? Yeah. And is it staff 24 seven? No. Or, oh. Code to get in. Oh, I don't know. That sounds, that sounds. They're all 24 seven now in the area because one did and then. No, they all got to do it. But would you go at like midnight on your own? No, but sell them what you sell them what they want, give them what they need. Well, I like that. We should use that one. Yeah. <laughs> or if you nick that from somewhere. Um, yeah. So, so going to the gym was a non-negotiable. Okay. Or I thought it was, and then I'd get annoyed at myself when I didn't go. So now it's just exercise. So a walk at lunchtime, a walk after my dinner is always doable. Or going to the gym or something. Um, otherwise, I'm miserable, and I shout at my boyfriend because oh. I'm need something he is he is a, a patient man <laughs> <laughs> no but so what um so if you if you don't exercise then do you notice that you're i can feel it in my mood mm. yeah and when does it matter what time of day you exercise um no but i think it, i start to notice a dip but then sometimes i'll be like right on my lunch time i need to go for a walk because i can feel i know now that that's what it is um but yeah like come seven or eight if i haven't got out or done some exercise i can feel it what you were saying like you know um what you said in the last podcast um mental health requires physical support and 
obviously there are some people that need extra help when it comes to looking after their their mental well-being but exercise is i guess it's always been one of the answers and certainly seems to be something that even the nhs is pushing more maybe partly because it doesn't cost them any money but getting outside in the fresh air doing your steps doing doing what you can it can only make things better compared to if you didn't do them um and you know we see this with my mother-in-law who's like 88 or something now so she just hasn't got the physical health to move much and it's okay now it's it's hard you can see the effect it it has um so what else what else other non-negotiables for you um writing down wins oh okay um and again like journaling i know you talk about the importance of it but i've i'm getting there i found i found it hard so i've started with notes in my app of my daily wins okay because it's so easy to forget what hey so what whatever i love journaling um i love writing i believe the physical act of writing rather than typing makes things sink in better but anything is better than planning and thinking and going to do something in the new year so it's whatever works for you journaling is one of your non-negotiables is it yeah i mean there are some days where i don't i just forget whatever it might be but pretty much every single day um, and every week i have to do like a plan and review session and i don't think i've missed one of those in in like a year so right what's gone well this week what could i have done differently and what do i need to do next week um and being able to refer, so so every Sunday morning, partly is taken up by doing that, and to use that then as a reference for the rest of the week. Right, okay, what do I need to do, and what do I need today to do today to move me closer to my big twelve month goal? And obviously, that's broken down into quarterly goals and weekly goals and all that. But most people go around in circles because they don't know where they're going. So this is what I want to get to. Right, okay, that's a strategy. And as we're always saying, a strategy without an action plan is just a fucking expensive piece of paper. So you've got your strategy. What do you need to do? What do you need to implement to get through that strategy, to hit your 12-month goal of bloody losing three stone, getting 100 new customers, whatever it might be. But it's always good to put a number on it. Then it's something tangible to go for. And then breaking it down like a big pizza, break it down into small slices. Right, okay, this is what I need to do today to move me a little bit closer. And so many people full of potential who can offer so much value to the world they don't do stuff like that because they probably don't know about it and accordingly the world's a bit worse off because of it um and ultimately when you write something down it's more likely to get done so it's like what do i need to do right well i um i've been a shit husband uh the past week so i need to take emma out for a date lunch i know if i on a sunday morning put that in the diary for some point in the week it will happen and if I just say to myself, I want to take Emma out for lunch, but I don't write it down, guess what happens to the odds of that happening? Because something else will get in the way. Someone will book a meeting, I've got a call, whatever it might be. So having something to write down or, or use an app or whatever to make sure that ultimately you own your diary, no matter what a diary looks like for you, because if you don't own it, someone else will. So you'll, you'll know, won't you? You'll try to do stuff, but there'll just be other people who want a piece of you. So am I right in thinking you do that every quarter with with Emma and say, this is what we want to do and get it in. So, interesting. And this wasn't planned at all. For the first time this year, I haven't done that. And what happened is that this week is half term and I've got no time scheduled for my kids. I took Maddie out for a pizza on Monday, but I've just got, I've got calls and meetings up at Wigan yesterday. I'm going to Glasgow on Friday because at the end of quarter three, Emma and I didn't sit down and say, right, what do we need to make sure we've got blocked off in quarter four? And so fucking... 
yeah, old enough and ugly enough to know better than that. So, so yeah, between Christmas and New Year, I need to sit down, right, right what are we doing January to March? What do we need to book off? Um, again, to make it more likely to happen. So I'm not saying I'm not seeing my kids at all this half term, but, you know, I want to take Holly here and I want to go to the cinema with Maddie and it just can't happen. And so, so yeah, sitting down quarterly, you know, there's a guy we know called Joe Woodhouse. Uh, he's um, he's married. Uh, he's got two or three kids, three kids, I think. And every Sunday evening is um, like family meeting. They sit down and uh, him and his wife and say, right, what have we got to do this week? Um, and, and so it's whatever works for the individual to have something regularly, some kind of planning session, like what do we need to happen? And it doesn't have to be anything to do with business. It could be going for bloody walks. It could be going to the gym, whatever. But unless you know what's coming, it's just, it's too easy to let other people and other things pull you in different directions. Because you you know now, you become your marketing knowledge now. You think everything you've learned so you come to Cobreak. Clients, prospects, leads, they'll see your work on social media. More and more people want you. Yeah, so uh, so is what we're saying then that productivity in business relies on pro- productivity outside of business? Oh, Marth, bloody hell, that's deep. Yeah, yeah, most of the stuff in terms of the planning happens out outside of work. And it's like, you know, it comes back to that work-life harmony. Um, you, you talk about the importance of exercise. I'm, I'm with you. I know that if I don't look after myself first, so if I don't exercise, ultimately it is work that will suffer. Because it's hard when people say, oh, you got to put on your own oxygen mask first. That's called self-care. But a lot of people would look at that as being selfish. So someone like my mum would be like, well, why can't you do that? And I'll say, well, because you know, I've got this other stuff to do. I'm like, oh, well, that's just being selfish. No, that's no, not. It's like, if, if I don't go on that bike ride or do jujitsu or whatever, my output will suffer. And that's why they tell you on the planes, you know, no matter how many kids you got sat around you, the plane goes down, put your own fucking oxygen mask on first because then you can better help other people. And that's hard to get your head around, I think. Yeah. But, so how are you, we'd like to say, in terms of managing people's expectations of you? Are you, do you find it a struggle? Are you getting better at it now? Is it like water off a duck's back as in like, you know, you've got this to do, everyone else can fucking wait. Or is it still a bit of a challenge to try and help more people? I'm finding it easier. Um, like go, with the, going back to Calendly, I was be like here's my link book in a time that suits you and it's like but can you do tomorrow well no because it's not available and part of me wants to be like right who can I shuffle around what can I do Mm -hmm. to get them in Mm -hmm. and I said no the other day like no I can't can't, I'm not here I wasn't here but it still felt like I was letting someone down and I had to think no I'm not I'm not because I've got to I've got to stick to that like and and then they'll benefit it from in the future when I'm with them offsite and I can't shuffle them around um but yeah it is it's uh it's ongoing it's not like a oh right I'm not a, I'm not a people pleaser anymore or I'm super productive now there's always going to be work to be done and slip ups and you just got to keep it in the forefront of your mind mm-hmm. but- yeah I think I think the irony is the people that would demand more of your time to expect you to shuffle things around to suit them they're the people who'd kick off the most if you had to rearrange stuff with them to help someone else and it's like no if if you've got if you're busy but you've got to change that to suit someone else but another client's going to suffer as a result it's well it's lose-lose really 
Yeah. I, I mean, I always remember my mum would be like, you've got to be early for everything. You've got to be early for everything. And when I started out my career in like corporate you, you can't be 15 minutes early as some people would perceive that as polite but there's actually no like the, you you booked in for that time because that is the time someone is available to speak to you and if you are there any earlier it's an in, it's an inconvenience time time is the currency of life and that's that's what this is this is all about and i think maybe eat that frog was that the first i'm trying to think my, my journey to looking just looking into productivity more how do these Bucking people like Elon Musk, Richard Branson. How do they get more shit done than us mere mortals? Because we've all got 24 hours in the day. And I'd say that Brian Tracy's Eat That Frog was probably where I started looking at things about a bit differently and thinking, right, well, I know there are big tasks I need to do to move me forward. They might be painful. If I don't do them, my, my day will just go to shit. And that took a long time to get my head around. But it's like, you know, if you've got to do a sales call, but you know deep down you're praying for them not to answer that call and you think, oh, I've done that now. It's like, eat that frog. Those big tasks, get them done early on. So, because I know here, you guys, you do your frogs, don't you? Yeah, so, every morning. So what, what might what might a frog be? Yeah, so it's, uh, it's difficult because we used to run off the three frogs that you're going to get done in the morning. But then we had to flip that because your most important frog might not be something that you can get done oh, okay. very quickly. Okay. So it was turning out that we were putting frogs on, like, turn this ad campaign off, call right. Andy. And it was like, no, these aren't the important frogs. And we were actually just getting into a habit of what is the quickest things I can tick off, which sometimes can be useful mm-hmm. to do, especially if your to-do list is looking or feeling overwhelming. Um, but no, it's got to be like, what do we need to do to move forward today mm-hmm. and that might be something that takes you past ideally where you'd want to be um but that we've seen really improves the team's productivity and like outlook on okay now that is actually done and it's okay that i've only ticked one thing off before lunch because now it's done so what what would you say what's what's something that maybe scared you in the past but you're you're more comfortable with it now uh, I'd always put off calls. I'd be any like, phone call, sales call, or any. Um, phone. Yeah, I think um, I was scared to ask the question because I had all these outcomes in my head that things might have happened or that it would have gone bad, and then thinking ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I just don't do anymore because eighty percent of the things you worry about never happen, and I'd catch myself being like, "Oh, but what if it doesn't work?" what do you mean what if it does work that's the whole thing about marketing isn't it it's it's testing and measuring and testing and measuring and it's okay that something might not work how you want it to the first time because you'd learned all this Mm -hmm. and now it's going to work the next time um but yeah calls and now like i had i think i had four calls yesterday and i was looking forward to it i was looking forward to like chatting to everybody catching up with them seeing how things went now they're back from holiday how was tenerife um but yeah uh, two years ago yeah i was like anything to email to be like oh just email them that Mm. oh yeah but i can just uh whatsapp them and now i'm like nah give me a call when you can book in nice it's an interesting thing worry i mean you could do a whole podcast on that but the amount of people i know who they devote so much time and energy to worrying some people might say they're born worriers which is well, just a, an excuse yeah just just a label is it? To, to almost like say yeah it's not my fault i was born that way but worrying about like say worrying about stuff that probably isn't going to happen so if you're worrying about i don't know 
a presentation you've got to do, right, have you done your slides? Have you done your notes? Have you gone over the notes? Is the tech all in place? Now, if the answer's no, then yeah, you've got a right to fucking worry. But the solution is take action. Um, but if you have done all those things, you need to focus your attention on something else, something positive. So you've done the work for that. So no point worrying about your presentation. You've done everything within your control to get it right. Focus on something positive. Ron, sit there going, oh, but what if, what if, what if? And like I say, 80% of the time, probably even higher, never even happens. But some people, that their productivity is shot because, I don't know, maybe they default to the negative because of how they're brought up or whatever. Um, but I'm sure that can change if they've got a willingness to learn and accept responsibility. Yeah. And I think our brains are actually, they want to protect you from danger, don't they? Um, yeah. But you can, like, and I think the more you allow yourself to worry about things, the worse it gets, the worse it gets. But there's definitely ways to um, work around mm. that. And, and action, you know, ultimately will always come down to doing what you need to do. You know, I like um, George, uh, George, Jeff Thompson's The Fear Pyramid, where, like, you write down your, you're like minor worries and fears on on like the bottom row of the pyramid. And then the level up are slightly bigger fears and worries. And then you get to the very top. What is my biggest worry? So it could be physical confrontation. It could be sales calls. But by going, by addressing and actioning the minor worries first, you build yourself up. Um, but it will always come back, it always come down to the, the doing. And some people, they they don't want to do the reps. They 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 want to use a label like oh yeah i was i was i'm a born worry nothing i can do about it and that's just which well, is a bit sad and i think the world the world will miss out but it is hard to accept responsibility no one or hardly anyone wants to accept responsibility you know it's not my fault it's this it's that it's like well okay there are certain things out of your control but you know another good book ben hunt davis um, will it make the boat go faster all he talks about is control the controllables so when my mum's saying, oh, aren't you worried about what's going on in the Middle East? Or, Well, I, I need to know about it. I don't want to be ignorant and, and have my head in the sand about global affairs. But there's nothing I can do to control that. So I don't want it to take up a large part of my day. I certainly don't want to start the day by listening to news of horrible things happening. You know, I try and consume my news just, just once a week. I get the week magazine, read it on a Sunday, a summary of what's gone on in the week. That tends to be it. Where some people, they obsess over the news. They obsess over toxic people on social media and i know you can't choose who your family is sometimes you can't choose who your friends are but you can certainly choose who you're connected to online because i think if you're connected to too many of the wrong people online your your joie de vivre your enthusiasm your keenness to help people your productivity is going to suffer and of course you can choose who you connect to online so Absolutely. when it comes to doom scrolling are you are you quite good at that are you good at your because I know when Annie worked here, she was, and she was, you know, young, what was she, mid-twenties? Um, she had a really good relationship with her phone in terms of how much time she spends on various apps. And it's like, fucking hell. Because generally speaking, when people say, I don't have enough time, the first thing I'll say is, show me your screen time. And it's like seven hours a day, right? You're telling me you haven't got time to do stuff. So how are you, how are you on that front? So-so? Mm. In my brain, I'm thinking, do I lie or do I tell the truth? So on a, on a, yeah, so, so maybe on Sunday then, do the swipe right thing on the homepage and see what your weekly screen time is. Mine won't be good. Okay. What's your favourite app? Probably TikTok. TikTok. And do you, what kind of content do you watch? Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, I, it, it's like when I get home and I just want to, not to pay attention to too much but like some i was watching a film with jc the day 
and I was like, I can't watch this. Like, I haven't got the attention to, to pay to this. I need like short, quick bursts of, I guess it's like, um, not adrenaline, but dopamine. dopamine. Mm. Yeah, quick, quick, quick. And we watched it, and I was like, nothing's happening in this film. It's taken ages. Yeah. I think I think everyone of all ages is getting like that now. Me and Emma, we will certainly give up on a film a lot earlier than we used to if it hasn't caught up. We were watching the new, who's the the Wonder Woman? Gal Gadot, is that how you pronounce her name? And she's in a new film on Netflix. And it was action on a ski resort. She was a spy or something. But after 20 minutes, it was like, hmm. Was it called yeah. something to do with the heart? Something in the heart. Because oh, that was good. I watched that. I can't bloody remember. But, you know, before, we were like, well, the film was on now. There's bugger all else on on the three other channels. But now, of course, it's like, yeah, not good enough. What else is on? And you've got a million channels to choose from. And like Holly, you know, my youngest, she'll go to the cinema for a special film. But generally speaking, yeah, she won't do films because she just hasn't got... Hasn't got the attention span, and we're all like our attention spans. So. so, so what would you do if, um, you know, on LinkedIn? I guess we use that mostly for business. Are there people you're connected with that you think every so often, right? Okay, I need to do a cull because they're just always, I don't know, banging on about politics that I don't agree with, or they're miserable, or just people you don't need in your life. Yeah, definitely. But it is hard because I think if they've seen I unfollow them. So this is going to cause me some yeah, like social suicide. Uh, okay, okay. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, I have it. Like, uh, there's this one person who I used to know from my old gym, and everything is like so miserable. And like, there's nothing against her, but it's like, oh, now, now I've got to do this, and now I've got to do this, and it's like, oh, it's just really bringing me down. But mm. I was a bit like, but that's people pleasing, isn't it? I'm scared to mm-hmm. unfollow her because she's going to think I don't like her. But I did. Well, it's like, you know, if you're, if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, back in the day, that used to be obviously people you met up with in person. But now it's also, I guess, the people you spend a lot of time with online. That is interesting. And, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yeah. So it's like that obviously has changed. I think if you're scrolling through a social media feed with your friends, like TikTok, I guess is different. And there's just a lot of shit or a lot of hate or like you say, a lot of self-pity or, or whatever. It's like, is that... Is that energising me? Is it exciting me? Is it teaching me anything? Am I learning anything? And sometimes if the answer is no, it's like, do I need to be connected to this person? Like, you know, one of our rules if we're writing social media content is, will what I'm about to write educate, empower or entertain? And if the answer is no, you need to rewrite that post. But it's almost like the same, I think, who you're connected with online. Does this person educate, empower or entertain me? And if it's never... Any of those, oh, maybe. I stopped them using off. Facebook because it's like people's nuns. Like, does anyone know the number for the doctors? Or someone selling a crockery set for five pounds? I'm getting that on my Facebook now. I'm like, what am I doing? And I take it off my phone. But then I'm a member of a finance group that's on Facebook, and so I need the Facebook access. And it's like, but yeah, yeah. I am a member of my local town. My oh. town. Rant Not chats and moans oh. Facebook group, but it's oh. so funny. Sometimes if I just need a bit of perspective on life, I'll look in there and it just makes me laugh so much. God, so many villages seem to like Joel, where he used to live, his like estate had a, a Facebook group and it'd be like people saying, Oh, someone's been going around at twenty five miles an hour again when the speed limit's twenty and it's like, Oh my god. Has anyone seen my blue coat? <laughs> well I can always I mean, obviously you you know more about social media than I do, but Years in the game, we can almost tell by how someone writes on social media. 
how much time they spend on social media. You know they can say, say send an inquiry to one of our clients. You can almost tell now by the writing that when you reply or message them, they're going to reply straight away because they just live their life on Facebook. And that sounds really judgy, but I'd say 90% of the time, we can tell exactly what kind of person we're dealing with. Um, and nothing wrong with being on Facebook loads, but are you... Complaining you've got no time. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, couldn't say any better. Um, like, so in business, something Steve Jobs talked about a lot was that to play the A game, you need to hang around with other A game players. And he talks about if you start letting B game players in, sooner or later your work gets compromised and you'll also start attracting the C game players. And obviously from a productivity point of view, Apple couldn't afford that. And when I read it, I was like, oh, this is really harsh, isn't it? It's like, you're not good enough, fuck off. You know, only A-game players here. And Steve Jobs, obviously, he pretty much was that brutal, apparently. Um, but it's one of those things that's harsh but fair, that you want to help as many people as you can, but maybe some people just aren't a good fit for where you want to go. And say, well, this is the game I'm playing. You're playing a different game. There's no right or wrong, but I don't, I, I can't give you my time and energy. Time vampires. Time vampires. Tire kickers. No different, I suppose, tire kickers, isn't it? But yeah, time vampires. Can I just pick your brains, Martha? Oh, God, how many times used to get that? It's, yeah, some people, I think, they just don't put a value on time. It's always about the money. Um, you know, we talk a lot about leading with value, try and help the right people. And the, the money is like a very nice secondary result of that. But I think if you focus on the money first, it's difficult. It, even the wrong people, to be fair, we try and give them some value to live with, you know. We're not a good fit for you, but this is where this would be. This is a mistake I've seen people make that I don't want you to make, and that's. I think that's fair. Yeah, no one likes being told no. That's 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 a tricky one. Um, I I'd say no to a potential client the other day, and uh, yeah, that that didn't go down well. <laughs> so, um, well, you don't think you know what? What I'm not good enough. I don't earn enough, and it's like. And the fact was, they didn't earn enough that I could justify taking their money. And we always say here, like when people say, oh, how much should I be spending on ads or what's my ad budget? And, you know, I nicked this from Ben Knight, basically. But Ben always said, when you're investing in the stock market, it should be an, an amount that causes you enough pain to take interest. Because if it's such a little insignificant amount of money you're spending, you don't really care that much. But it shouldn't be so much it keeps you up at night. And I thought, fucking hell, that's, that's brilliant. Um, and so I didn't want this person not being able to sleep at night because they were giving us quite a significant percentage of their revenue it's like i want to be able to sleep at night as well and so i had to say no but no one likes being told no and that's another childhood thing you know people wagging their finger at you teacher parents whatever having your toys taken off you no one likes that but that's just something else we've got to deal with so marketing math marketing of productivity talked about ai talk to me a little bit about investing loads of time on your organic social media which is important, but also compared to how you can scale by investing in ads? Yes. So, I mean, organic is important for credibility. I mean, the first thing somebody will do when they see an ad, well, not everybody, but some people will do, is click through to see who you are. And if you haven't posted since 2017, when your mm -hmm. last post was Happy National Cat Day, you're losing them. You've lost them at the first hurdle. Mm -hmm. um, but equally it's not organic is not going to be scalable mm -hmm. or measurable um but when you invest in ads you've got the data to see what worked what didn't how do you make it better and it's also that um intent 
thing. So depending on what, what kind of ads you run, like if you're doing Google ads, it's literally somebody who's Googling, they need whatever you do. And and then with Facebook, you're kind of bringing them in at the top of the funnel. Mm-hmm. They might not be in consideration yet or even know they want your product. And, oh, I've lost my train of thought. That's right. So, so where um, did it, what was the original question? So, so organic media is uh, great. Yeah. Your shop window, but it's not scale because the only way to get more results to organic media is by doing more organic media, spending more time. Whereas with ads, you can scale it once you know what ads are working, I guess. And reach more people, reach more people. and More of the right people. More of the right people. Um, because yeah, your organic is going to reach anybody, could reach anybody. That's the thing with boosting posts on Facebook. Mm. It will show it to a thing. Huh? People still doing that. Yeah, point. because Facebook markets it so well because it's yeah. easy and yeah. anyone can do it. And Facebook quick, is a business and they and do easy. want your money. Um, and it will show, yeah, this post to a thousand people, not a thousand of the right people, maybe not even one of the mm. right person. Um, so it's 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 instead of, you know, shooting an arrow into the darkness, blindfolded, you can see your target. So you've got a much higher chance of getting the right people. Um, and then, of course, depending on where they enter in that funnel, your organic might support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody might follow you for two... We've had clients who have followed us for a year, listen oh, to the, every episode the lurkers, of the podcast, yeah. and then they convert. So I think it's definitely not to be um, shunned. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to prioritise one, it's got to be it's got to be paid for. It's <laughs> So if... So obviously ads, I guess like any tool, can be used well, they can be used badly. Generally speaking, when we take over a new client's ad account, we find some right horror stories in there. So so what are the kind of time-consuming things that people are doing with their ads? So it's like, no, no, you shouldn't be doing this way. There are quicker, better ways to be doing it. Like what are some of the, the pitfalls and mistakes you, you commonly see when people are trying to launch their own ads? Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, the, the setup right. initially of having the right thing tracking the right thing um connected to you i can't tell you how many clients we've had who don't own their own stuff oh shit go on what do you mean by that like they don't um particularly if they've come from another agency right or they've worked or they've had an employee who's left that employee or the agency owns all their assets oh dear um is that just again people pleasing people being nice and saying yeah i can trust Johnny with my ads and yeah yeah or or it's just not knowing mm. the pla- how to set up the platform it can be confusing if you ha- if you're not used to it um so technical setup i think if you're going to spend time doing something it's making sure you own your stuff and you're tracking people so you can get back in front of them um and then for your like um i actually i'd say one thing that the most polished ads that you might spend the most time creatively making look beautiful mm. don't always perform the best. Oh, sorry, designers out there. Right, yeah, okay. Especially recently, like the last quarter or so, mm. I think people know their ads, and it is the ugly. The ugly ad mm. is a thing, um, but it's the ugly ones that are grabbing the attention. So maybe if you're spending all your time making your ads look beautiful, maybe just try one of you sat there with a something in your hand that is relevant to what you're mm-hmm. selling um and and of course like having something out there at 80% is going to be way better than having 100% in the drawer or oh, 99% oh, in the drawer yeah yeah 
What's the term? Imperfect action will always be perfect inaction. How many people know? Oh yes, I'm. I'm. I'm what's the phrase? I'm just lining all my ducks in a row. I mean, fucking hell. Could you imagine ever trying to line up ducks in a row? It will never happen. I'm not saying good is good enough, but sometimes against just taking action, the people now that we see this every year without fail, come sort of um, October time, maybe November time, people are going to get onto everything in the new year. And generally speaking, the people who put off stuff to the new year are the people who will be putting off stuff forever. So it's like, well, so so you've got all these big plans and right now, where are we? First of November. That's eight weeks till the end of the year. So why would I waste eight weeks? Because I think no one's spending. I, mean, I did a post about this yesterday. No one's spending. Apparently in the UK, we spent a billion fucking pounds on Halloween. On dress, just in the UK. On fucking dressing up. So don't tell me no one's spending. Okay, they may be spending on other stuff. So, the, But ultimately, that means the money is still there. You just got to work a bit smarter to get hold of it. Rather than giving up for eight weeks, oh, I'll get onto it in the new year. It's like that. That's the opposite of productivity. And if, uh, if you turn all your ads off now, you're not going to have any warm audience to target in the new year. No, so t- yeah, tell me about this. So, so I often use the analogy about starting your engine from coal. So, so you're saying that like running ads consistently rather than well the boost posts on off on off that's going to serve people better. Yeah, exactly. Because um, like. You, you you might be running a cold audience and a warm audience, right? But your warm audience is half the price, which you'd expect. Right, I'm turning the cold off. But those cold become your warm. And if you stop that trickle, your warm is going to be gone. So you've got you've to keep building. Keep building your email list. Keep building your warm audience. Keep building your website traffic. Because those cold people then become your warm people. Um, but it's so easy, isn't it, to say, oh, this one's better. Mm-hmm. Let's turn that one off. Well, I'd say, I'd say with um, like you say about about building your database, that's definitely a mistake I see with organic social media. People spend all their time and effort posting organically, but never ever try and capture data, because unless you do that, you're putting the control in the hands of the algorithm. Whereas if you use social media to at least now and then say, "Hey, I've got this this fantastic free PDF for you. Just message me your email address or go to this link." and sign up for it there then once you've got their data as long as you do it ethically you can then stay in front of them so that is being productive whereas it's almost like no matter how well instagram facebook whatever it might be works for you if you haven't got those people's data you are not the one in control of your marketing and do not put all your eggs in mark zuckerberg's basket because Mm. um it can all be taken away so quickly and when meta decide your band your band I mean, if you work with us, I could probably find <laughs> to get you Get back in the green. But uh, yeah, and then and then what do you do? Maybe you've gone from your whole marketing strategy now is doesn't exist. We we generally met a fitness influencer. I think he had two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand followers, but his marketing was totally leveraged on organic Instagram. And something happened, and he was suspended for two weeks, and and that crippled his business because he had, he had nowhere else to go. I say you can't be everywhere, but like I say don't don't be in one place. Um, and say you you do stay in touch with people again. Productivity. What have you found the 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 most productive, the most cost effective, time effective ways of staying in touch with people who might be interested in your service are? Uh, email is not dead. I keep okay. seeing this being banded around. Email is not dead. Okay. Um, and like we've mentioned, the AI tools you can. 
you can use it to write emails that you might think, oh, I might tweet this, I might tweet that. But at least you're you're there. Mm. You're there in the inbox frequency of emails. If you think about how many emails you have a day. Um, I was chatting to a client about an email campaign. They was like, is one a week too much? And uh, not everybody's going to see every email mm-hmm. you send. Um, I'd say one a week should be minimum perhaps yeah 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 absolutely i mean i'm not saying everyone has to do daily emails but yeah one it's almost like anything less it's not enough to cut through the noise so i was watching um the famous steve jobs video from is it 1997 and he talks about the challenges of marketing cutting through the noise saying he, he's saying it's a noisy world it's like fucking hell that was 25 years ago imagine how much noise it is now so if you're you know if on your website hidden away in the foot it is sign up for our monthly newsletter well one there's no incentive to but you're sending emails once a month you're more likely to get reported for being a spammer if you send a monthly email compared to a daily email because it's been that fucking long since someone last heard of you they're like who's who's this bloke they're in the wrong mood and they just report you as a spammer um emails cool what what were what else was that the best one in terms of staying in touch with people who said hmm yeah i might be interested in what you have to offer um, banners, Google banners. Oh, great. fucking hell! Right, okay. I hadn't even thought about that. Retargeting. Yeah. Go on, then, Marth. What's 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 retargeting? Why is that so awesome? Um, so it's somebody who's shown some intent. They've clicked on your website. Okay. They've spent a bit of time on your Instagram page. They've watched twenty five percent of a video you posted on Facebook. Um, so they they have got you doing any videos yet? You have got some videos of me, but I don't know if they've gone out. Oh, okay. I can't even watch them. Oh, really? Oh, it just makes me cringe. When Ollie was here, I asked if he watched him. Um, well, when we went out for lunch with him, wasn't it? We asked if he if he sort of watches some of his shows. He does watch some of them, but like some people are, would never watch themselves on telly. So you never watch any videos back then? No, I was chatting to Ben Knight about this as well. Oh, okay. He says he does watch stuff back and take notes. Mm. Of course he does, because mm. he's so awesome. But I was like, I can't do it. And I know I should, because I, want, I need to critique to be better, but I just... Oh, so even those little reels about that, the... I haven't watched them. Who's the funniest at Co-Break and who's uh, got the best... One. Ch- that yeah. one, yeah. The ones that I did in Belfast that are just me, though. Oh, I can't move. Oh, I haven't seen that. Are those out? Yeah, they're in the Dropbox folder. Oh. But I don't think they've gone out on... Oh, yeah, my, mine haven't been edited yet, but yours are in there. Oh, I'll go and have a watch of those then. Yeah. Bloody hell. Right. <laughs> okay, so, so, so sorry. So, re- so someone's watched some of your video and you serve them a banner. Yeah, and that sh- just... When they're ready to buy, you're in the forefront of their mind. They haven't mm. forgotten about you. Um, I love sometimes if I see an ad or something and I go to that business's website, I won't do anything and I want to see whether they'll stay in touch with me with banners. And so many of them don't. And it's so good for like credibility as well. Like it shows your authority if you're on the Daily Mail, someone's reading the Daily Mail and your, your ad is there. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, well, these guys must know what they're doing. Not, not the mail, though. Well, no, yeah, well, yeah. The Times. No, Joel wouldn't like the Times, Guardian? actually. Is that a bit too left? I don't, again, I don't read yeah, newspapers too much, really, yeah. definitely not. Definitely not The Sun. Um, so, so yeah, so so banner retargeting, um, I guess, an easy, cost-effective, time-effective way of staying in touch with people who expressed an interest in what you have to offer. So why don't most people do it? Don't know about it, or...? Maybe don't know about it. Maybe it's too painful. The effort required to figure it out how to create the right sizes set up and up the account but can you imagine like sort of someone comes to your website and they're really interested but the doorbell goes a kid kicks off the phone whatever and they don't get in touch or they don't buy and once they're gone 
without retargeting or data capture, they've gone forever and, you, and you've got nothing you can do to get back in front of them. And surely like you've seen something and you're like, oh, that was so amazing. What was what was that called? Or you're talking to someone and you're like, oh, I saw this, I had this thing on Instagram and what was it called? I can't remember the company, but I really want it. And you're ready to buy. And if they never get back in touch, mm. how, how do you remember the name was? The Eco Lab Warrior. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sounded like something you'd be interested in. Well, I, I'd, I'd say that, so, yeah, retargeting, it's a big, big fan of keeping things easy. But yeah, so many people are obsessed with this this top of the funnel and they're neglecting the people who are like already in the funnel, the the warm audience. Um, and that's where, that's where the money is and that's where the money's being left on the table. I think in terms of spending your time, I'd say most businesses probably spend a bit less time on all the organic trying to get brand new people into their community and focus on the people who they're already sort of already in with a little bit. Or if already, or who have already brought. Oh, go on. Um, I mean, we, we've just run a campaign for one of our clients to um, just be like, uh, hi, we're still here. And like three, three new, three old clients who they haven't worked with for a long time have reignited, booked in calls, expressed interest in working together again. And that was like no ad budget. They had they didn't spend anything. They just were they. We wrote them a beautiful oh, campaign. Like we did with um the uh the the installation guy, uh, email to his database and he had like is it four garage conversion inquiries on the back of it or something, like ten grand a pop. And hundred and fifty positive reviews on Google. Which Blimey. goes miles Blimey. for any business. Reminds me, actually, when back in the dark days of March 2020, when lockdown happened, so many businesses who had captured data but never bothered contacting you suddenly were like, shit, shit, lockdown, uh, I need to sell to my database. And so suddenly this company who you hadn't bought off in years and never heard of in years were just like, sell, 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 just spamming you, spamming you, spamming you, just totally missing the point. I suppose at least they'd asked for the data in the first place. But then knowing when to write how to write, what to write, totally oblivious to the fact that, you know, lead with value and the sales will come rather than just buy my shit, buy my shit. It is a skill. And maybe that's what, like say, maybe it's because that inquires, requires efforts. People think, oh, fuck that. And they think I'll be better off writing a few posts on social media, which can work. But like you say, it's, it's, I think, what did you say? Is it like, like, like a shop window, I guess, your website, your organic social media, it's got to look cool. It's got to be fresh and up to date. But like without those signposts, the ads in the right places in front of the right people drive them into your shop. It's just like half the battle, isn't it? Yeah. So God, we are so putting the world to rights here now. Um, I think I'm on my last page of notes now. Um, right, yeah, just made a quick note here about there are actually marketing companies out there who are promoting uh, the fact that all you need is organic marketing, but they're promoting that through paid for ads, and you, you can't you can't fucking make it up, can you? <laughs> um, so so. Obviously, a lot of people do spend lots of time on organic social media. What would you say are the kind of posts and the kind of content that they should be putting out to, to maximise their time? Uh, well, Not National Cat Day, I presume. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, a cool stat actually to do with like maximising productivity um, is that like you will post organically, and like twenty percent of your following will see it. So if you've only posted that once and you never post it again, you've wasted wow. so much time. Wow. There's so much repurposing you can do. Oh, go on then. Repurposing. What's 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 that? 
Um, it's taking one piece of content and making it into eight, ten, twenty. Oh, give me give me an example. It sounds like I don't know what you talk about now. I'm just saying for the the dear listener. Obviously, I vaguely vaguely not repurposing about uh, videos. That's why I like doing videos because I can just get so much content from one video. So so what would you what would you advise? If you've got a video, uh, a reel, for example, or, or say you've just shot a video like this, you can turn it into a, a reel. You can slice it up, turn it into three reels. You can take the audio, stick that into ChatGPT, say, uh, yeah, give me 10 posts to do with this. Fucking hell. Right, we should be charging for this. Okay, brilliant. <laughs> right, what um, else? You could... Um, what else? I, I mean, even having the same copy with a few different images hmm. changing the headline shorten it the same video long form short form it's just from one video yeah yeah and then um i suppose people are most people using social media scheduling platforms or they're just posting everything manually i say you should be used i mean even within within matter they've got a free tool that you can schedule stuff hmm. um i think if you can get someone doing that for you that would save a lot of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if so many people like doing it because it is quite fun, almost me being sad, like, you know, posting on social media and like people commenting and engaging. And I get it that that's, that's attractive and, and cool. And you get that, you mentioned that dopamine hit. But when it gets to the point where you're getting this in, this engagement, but it's the same people or it's like, oh, surprise, surprise, it's your mum, it's your brother-in-law, it's your best mate, it's your gym buddies, which is nice but if those people would never buy off you, that's when you start getting into the whole, well, what what are vanity metrics and what are the metrics that are actually going to move you forward? Because, you know, oh, I've got a like, I've got two likes. <gasps> Look, that post has now had 500 likes. Well, that that's great. But ideally, you need some of those likes to get into your database and at some point to refer you or give you money. Buy or die. Buy or die. I think, oh, harsh. But yeah. yeah. It's like it's like you can't never, um, you know, sit on the fence because you just end up with a sore bum. And loads of people who follow you will never buy from you. You're better off making your stand. Other other marketing agencies are shit. Yeah, we're the anti agency because other people get burned. Uh, you know, people get burned. Some, uh, a guy I was on a call today with. Mm-hmm. Um, I've worked with other agencies, but they they just say this post had loads of reach or I've got loads of likes doesn't mean anything mm. doesn't mean anything if none of those reach if none of that reach or likes is turning into leads or purchases um so if you can say you know if, if the content you're putting out is is you know it's pick a side like yeah this is who we are this is the clients we want mm. if that's not you and i've offended you i mean same guy um same client sorry um oh we've had a few comments of you know people who've done this in the past great well we're in the right ballpark because it's people who have brought this kind of service before mm. no publicity is bad publicity i mean yeah i did advise them to to hide the ones that were yeah, a bit... there's all, yeah you know um what's the, the quote george bernard shaw never wrestle with a pig you both get dirty and besides the pig likes it as tempting as it is to bite when someone has a go at you on social media um sometimes you might want to bite but if it's on a paid for ad if it's on something you're you're giving money to then generally speaking we say yeah don't bite but i think um that 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 energy you give to posting on social media, like you say, pick a side. I say like your content should should get people to swim towards you or swim away from you. Yet most businesses, they're there treading water because they don't want to offend or upset everyone. And obviously most people don't set out to offend someone, but you won't get anyone hating you 
but you won't get anyone loving you either. You're just sort of meh in the middle. And that's a hard thing to to get around. But when that day comes, you think, shit, if I add up all the time I've spent posting and I don't know what it's done for my business, these are some of the hard realisations you've got to look at. And it's it's like some... And, and yeah, I've got to be honest, sometimes you think, all right, should I put that out? But, you know, no, it's going to get shit. It's Sunday evening. I can't be asked dealing with trolls on a Sunday evening. I won't put it out. But that's probably not the right thing to do. As long as you're, again, you're living within your values or you're not just being a twat for the sake of it. You know, there are people out there who, who will just run polls that are just pure clickbait. And it's good that LinkedIn are finally clamping down on that because some of the shit I was seeing on that just about politics. And then, oh God, I saw one. It was like, you know, do you prefer Vegemite or Marmite? And it's like, oh my God, you're running a fucking poll on LinkedIn. Yes, you'll get lots of people voting. Are those people who will ever give you money? Again, probably not. And all those likes... You can't go into Tesco's and buy food or likes. Fucking hell. How long are we doing, Mads? Mads. Mads. Martha. Not far. Do you know, I thinking about my daughters again. <laughs> yes, had an interesting week with my daughters now. The joys of uh, teenage girls and uh, vaping, uh, amongst other things. So, <laughs> yes, yes. So, uh, anyway, let's, 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 let's not go down that rabbit hole. So, um, quick recap then. Productivity. What's some of the things? I'll start with journaling. Or some kind of writing down your wins and your non-negotiables. Diary management. Calendly. AI. I'm sure there are other alternatives to Calendly. I don't know what they are off the top of my head, but Calendly.com in terms of if you have made yourself too accessible to people, if you're accepting free calls and free meetings with everyone, then do look into something like Calendly where, again, you can have a routing form where you can say, as long as they answer yes to these questions, they can get access to me. If they give the wrong answers, they just get a polite, we're not for you. That's just worth it alone, I think. Fathom actually has changed my life. In oh, go terms on. of um, it joins your Zoom call. And I, people pleaser, uh, was like, oh, people are going to not want the calls to be recorded. Not one person has said to me, please don't record this call. So just get that out of your head because it's something I thought and it's just not true. And Tell the guys what you what you do with this Fathom then. So it's it joins the call, um, records the call, which is great in itself because I'm sure we've all been there. You've taken so much information on a call. Sometimes you need to refer. It will even split it up to, I asked a question. Or the other person asked a question and I can go to that bit. And then at the end, you click generate summary and it will literally do maybe three, four points of the main bits you've talked about and a timestamp that you can click on and it will take you to that part in the video. And the time in writing up client notes, I cannot tell you, it must have saved me hours and hours and hours. And I think a lot of business owners will be able to benefit from that if they're doing a lot of calls or note taking. And it is even if like you've got back-to-back calls and you're like, I haven't got time to process this, it's right there. You can watch the whole thing back. Not that that is a good use of your time, mm. but the summary that it gives you certainly is, um, yeah, Fathom is. Amazing, amazing. Incredible. So you've got all these different tools out there. You've got clarity on your vision, your 12-month goal. Break that down into quarterly goals, weekly priorities, daily non-negotiables. Get that stuff written down so when you're focused on the things that you need to positively, proactively do to move you forward, you've simply got less time to deal with all the other shit. As the Polish proverb says, not my circus, not my monkeys, and you can't afford to get dragged into that. Marth, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. See you next time. Bye.